There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk The Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter and Lord Willie Hockey. Thomas, good morning and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Willie. Is it going to be a Happy New Year? Well, <laughs> there's so many signs, I think, to be fair, we've, we've been missing for the last four weeks. I think so many things have happened in the last four weeks. Juice, there is some green shoots which were not there before the New Year. Willie, is one of your New Year's resolutions to be more positive on the Go Radio Business Show? Well, since you started calling me Ron Glum, I think I have to get away <laughs> from that Monica. The Reverend I am Jolly. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Yeah, but I think there's so much um, to talk about. You know, I thought it was a good idea that we don't have a guest this week because I think we could probably fill two hours with the things that we could talk about. Goodness and as you've already said, some are impositive. Right? <laughs> so... The first thing I would like to talk about, there seems to be some good signs at the moment that we look as if we'll peak where interest rates are going to go, and that's got to be good for business. Yeah, goodness, well, um, how do we predict things? I think I won all the bets last year, Willie, so... Zero, Tam, you won zero. I think you're taking me to Nando's for a a slap-up meal. I think that's what the bet was. But um, what do they say about economists and their predictions? Economists have predicted nine out of the last six recessions. <laughs> um, so we can read, we can take it all in. So I think you and I should have our wee predictions about this. So I think on interest rates, why are we putting up interest rates? Well, we're putting up interest rates because we're trying to control inflation. Everybody agrees, I think, that inflation is High inflation is a really bad thing because it erodes all cost of living and all the rest of it. It's a bad thing. Therefore, interest rates are the kind of blunt measure. I think they're less effective than they used to be about controlling inflation. But for everything that I've read, um, interest rates are sitting at 35 today. I believe they're going to peak at 4%. So I think there's a wee 50 bip increase still to come, maybe in February the 2nd, and then I think they'll gradually come down. But it does depend on inflation, Willie. What What do you think? I think I'm, I'm not trying to be negative again. I'm trying to have a positive spin. <laughs> well, in it only lasted a few minutes, listener. I, I think, Tom, actually, it could peak somewhere between four and a half and five. Right. I think 4.75 probably looks like... And, and to be fair, the way that things looked last year, I would bite your hand off for that. Right, okay. We were living in a false world when things were at 0.25, right? right? And it's created a lot of the problems that we have at the moment. We'll talk about some of them later. People's cost of living, people going on strike. and But I think that the the interesting thing is is that the inflation actually has went beyond where they thought it would go in relation to food, so like 13.3%. Uh, and I think in the States at the moment, it's probably running about 101 I think that we just need that to stabilise a bit more. And that's why I think still there's a wee bit to go. Um, if we are talking last year, I thought there was a chance maybe of interest rates going at 7, maybe 7.5. So I'll be delighted if they stay at 4.75. Right. But we must learn from this. 
We we have got a lot of people need to have a look at theirself and see how the world was for them while the interest rates were at 0.25%. When the Bank of England, Willie, were behind it, well, you said it all of last year. So what do you think about inflation? Inflation's currently in the UK about 107 Dishy Rishi says it's going to half this year. I think I would go with that. Um, I think the great unknown is energy. So how is the war in the Ukraine affecting energy prices? Is there any sign of that war ending? Is there any way out? Um, I can't see it, Willie. I, w- I would say to you that I, I think that um, Richie will not reach that target. I still think at the end of this year, I think some of the, 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 the levers that have took us to where we are will be more prominent this year, like energy. Well, the energy subsidy is going to be cut to business, you know, as of yesterday. Yeah. So I, I think that for us, that I don't think, I, I think if they get inflation below double digits this year, it'll be, you know, it'll be a step in the right direction. There's a chance for it to go down even further next year. But you touched on something there, Tom, where we could have a whole programme just to talk about energy. Right. Someone put up a, a graph yesterday on Sky News actually depicting that the price of gas and the price of oil are now at a lower price than they were before the Ukraine war. Someone has to come out and explain to them why people are getting 200% rises in their energy costs, 300%, sometimes 400%. I mean, I, I think that this year, Tom, that this is when people are really going to find, when the, when the energy bills really start kicking in now, especially when we have the, the retrenching on the subsidy for the government, I think that businesses are going to be hit really, really hard. And I think that that is not going to help bring inflation down and it's certainly not going to help with interest rates. Right. So you're saying you think inflation by the end of the year will still be above 10 and I'm saying it won't. Right. That's the bet. And what's what's the payoff while I hear it's Nando's this year, but... Well, sorry, last year, but well, surely we can aim higher in our bet this year. Well, can I ask, have you ever paid any of your bets so far? No, <laughs> I've not had any meals, I've not had any bottles of champagne, I've not had anything. I don't think you get one thing right last you year. You can take it out of my wages, Willie. Right, okay. <laughs> but I think, no, on a serious note, that someone has to explain why the energy companies are being allowed to charge people what they're charging because on the face of it right now, there's absolutely no reason to do so. So I totally agree. You and I read a lot about this and I still don't understand it. I did notice, and I've got to check who the Chancellor is, I think it's still Jeremy Hunt. Mm-hmm. Is it today? Aye? Yes. So Jeremy Hunt wrote to off or one of these saying, you're not passing on these price reductions. Surely... Surely government has got power here to say, come on. But these government bodies, like off-chairman, of government, they're all toothless. Right. Right? They've got nothing. They've as well not been there. Right? They've actually, there's no rationale for actually having them, I think, but the government certainly must step in because the horrors of the energy price increases have not affected business, but they will do from the first quarter of this this, this year. Right, so going back to other predictions for 2023, it looks like the UK is going to have the worst economic 
growth of any G7 yes. European nation. And I think on this show, we have been consistent, and I think it's going to come out this year, the Financial Times has did a lot of work in this, that Brexit is a big contributor to this. And surely, Willie, I mean, it's obvious we were lied to by politicians on making a huge decision to leave Europe, but these politicians go un... I mean, just they, they just dance off and do their speeches and live a good life while Britain suffers. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it's a really good point. The, the one green shoot I see there, Tom, is there, there seems to be some signs that the Northern Ireland Protocol may get sorted, and that's good. So Brussels actually talking at the moment to the UK government. Um, hopefully that, that's a step in the right direction. But you're right, the war in Ukraine has mashed over right the absolute diabolical state the economy's in because of Brexit. And you're right, we were lied to. But to be fair, and you're also right again, that... Some of our MPs are too busy away doing their other jobs, getting £17.1 million. <laughs> right. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Who would ever imagined that Theresa May was an expert on travel? <laughs> right. On holidays. So to get £106,000 for doing a speech in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> right, you know, about travel, you know, is is, is frightening. And so many things, and so many things. No, you talk about transparency. And, and I watched Ed Davey on the TV during the week, you know, explaining his 455,000 that he's had. And uh, he, you know, he made the point about, you know, he's trying to put an S dig away to take care of his one of his childs who needs a bit of help, which is fair enough. But the bottom line is this, you cannot kid anyone, right, that all this is not a form of lobbying for you to help them. Right, so anybody who says otherwise, right, is is absolutely having a laugh, right? And I would say that my own opinion is, is, is that it's fine that if you're doing a bit of writing or if you're writing a book or whatever you might do, but to go and accept 200,000 or 300,000, how can the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, have been paid over a million pound? Over a million pound, right, for doing... Now, imagine, how much time do you think the Prime Minister must have spare? Right, zero, zero. If you well, 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 the country is falling apart. He's away getting two hundred grand for talking. I mean, not just him. There's loads of people, loads of people as well. You know who are getting it. There's a couple of Labour people as well got money. So I, I think that for me, that they should not be allowed to have a second job. I think we should pay them more. Yeah, right? pay them I think more. Get paid more. But we get what we pay for, Willie. Exactly. But people don't know either. I mean, they're, they're doing this whole thing. I, I love the way that Sky are calling it a project. Right? <laughs> it's not a project. It's an investigation. Oh, right? It's my. not a project. And try to get everybody to say that they have led this initiative. You know, and the, and what they're actually claiming this week is they're actually showing the government how to do it because the government will try to find a way to be more transparent. Trust me. My goodness. Within Parliament that's an oxymoron you know to talk about <laughs> trying to be more transparent so but, so for we're always trying to help the small business people who listen to the show who are striving out there who are working hard doing their best now they have had a bit of a kick this week with the energy subsidy or however you want to call it I mean it's it's been it's been 
reduced by about 85%. It's quite hard to get to the bottom of what it all means, Willie, but it's definitely less. It's definitely significantly less. So with all these things we're talking about, you know, what's your kind of top tips for businesses out there, businessmen, businesswomen who are striving? What can they do? Because, listen, I'm positive, but there's no doubt the first half of this year is going to be a bit tougher. So is it the same lessons of last year? Have we got any new ones to help the listeners with? I think that the one lesson for me is, is that energy is going to be their biggest problem. So I think it's like having a focus on their energy usage like they've never had in their lives. Right. Right. You know, what is waste? Why are these lights on? Why are these ovens on? What are we doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if something can get done in a microwave and it costs you 13 pence, you want to do an oven, it's going to cost you three pounds, whatever it might be. Every single thing. And I think waste is the number one. Right. So lights off, timers everywhere. Right, whatever they can do, and then you look about how they can be actually economic with the energy that they're using. I'll tell you how bad it's got. Right, I live on a farm, and my it's quite a nice farm, by the my, way. My energy bill is up by four hundred percent, four hundred percent. Wow. I'm actually going to attempt this month. To, I've, I'm lucky. I've got a generator backup which can take the load of the whole farm. So I'm actually going to try in the month of January to run my farm on the generator. Have you told Susan about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> but so good luck. Right. So I'm I'm going to try and and not everyone can do that, obviously. But going back to how you can help small businesses, another disappointment for small businesses was was the government's attempt to make sure that at least one third of government procurement would go to SMEs and small businesses has failed miserably. Right. Right. So that's, you know, so something that's failed, that's, it's just another rhetoric. It's failed. Yeah, they've not, not got anywhere near the target. Right? right. So we have talked about it in the past. I think we mentioned it just before the break. I've been involved and I was done in London again yesterday talking about procurement, right, in the NHS. Uh, and I think that really we need to have a hard look about how we, especially in Scotland, when so much of our money comes from the public sector. Yeah. So we could certainly help small businesses if the government really are serious about making sure that small businesses get a chance. Yeah. So I think I'm, I haven't got anything new. I'm just repeating what we said last year. Stay on top of your cash flow. Know every number in that cash flow. Find a friend, a fellow entrepreneur. There's plenty of um, organisations out there. But speak to someone else who understands because being an entrepreneur, being a business person, you know, it's, it's there's not that many in Scotland and therefore there's not that many other people you can speak to. But if you've got an issue... And then, honestly, if you share it with somebody, it's an issue halved, and they might just have an answer because they might have been through it themselves, and then you might be able to help someone else. That's what it's all about. That's what this show's all about. And good on you, Willie, for continuing to help Scottish business. Now, I've been reading quite a lot over the break, and I'm looking at good, good year, bad year. So I've got two people... And they haven't really had a good year, Willie. One's Elon Musk <laughs> and, and one's Sam Bankman <laughs> deep fried. <laughs> He's deep fried now. <laughs> now, I think Sam's probably in more trouble than Elon because his girlfriend's turned on him. So 
she has went to the prosecutors and said, I'll tell you everything, don't prosecute me. And they have taken that. So his girlfriend's going to dob him in, will he? So it's the, it's the old Glasgow phrase of get your retaliation in first. That's it. <laughs> and um, I did have a chuckle. Um, like Michael Lewis, who, who's a great author, um, he's written The Big Short, he's written Liar's Poker and everything. So Michael Lewis, before the fraud came out, was sitting with Sam Bankman fried. So I think there's going to be a book, Willie. I think there's going to be a film. But he didn't have a good 2022. And my pal, Elon, um, Tesla share price down 44% since November. And it just shows you, I, I still think he's a genius, but every genius is flawed and he's taken on too much. He's trying to run Tesla He's trying to put rockets into space. And then, the biggest mistake of all, he paid $44 billion for Twitter. You predicted last year it might go to nothing. I don't know if it's gone quite that far, but it's taken his eye off the ball of everything else. And it just shows, you know, entrepreneurs, of course we want to do lots of things, but focus, focus, focus. But, but Tom... There's two great examples. So so the two bad for me for last year was was the conviction of Miss Holmes at Theranos. Oh, right? aye. Big and one. Then, and then Sam, you know, with his cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme. So there's two where, where the thing about this is, Tom, loads of very, very clever people fell for those two. Oh, absolutely. Right. Especially, you know, where Theranos. Aye. Right. People fell for the line. Without doing any due diligence, right? You, you in the way that you go about a small investment, right, would have sussed out in a couple of days. Wait a minute, this is smoke mirrors. Well, right. I, would, I would hope so, but I mean, she did dupe um, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. But hundred and fifty million dollars annually, yeah. lost it all. Yeah. Um, who was George Schultz? Michael Morris. Michael Morris, who I held, I hold in the highest esteem. Who picked nothing but winners. Aye. Right. So. It just shows you, you it's, know. It's interesting while you're on that. Someone else who you've mentioned in the past, Terry Smith. Uh-huh. I read with interest this week about um, if you put his fee together with his dividend, got 180, 154 million, and yet the portfolio overall will be down. It's down. <laughs> We're, in the wrong game. We're in the wrong game, Tom. He gets paid when he doesn't perform, which is unbelievable. Now, Somebody who had a brilliant, wasn't it so much last year, but I got the book for Christmas, Willie, and I would recommend this book to all our, all of our listener. Have we got more than one listener, Willie? <laughs> I hope so. I get two now. So this was the story of the COVID vaccine and Kate Bingham. Yeah. Dame Kate Bingham now called The Long Shot. Yeah. And I am absolutely loving this book. And I'm, I'm buying, I'm going to bring a copy in for you next week. Um, this was Kate was put in charge, which was a which was a big risk actually, and you know we've we've slagged Boris Johnson off, and I totally slagged off. He lied about Brexit, but he made an inspired choice putting Kate Bingham in ch in charge of finding the COVID vaccine. You need to tell us, Sam, it's a bit easier to get there when your husband is a cabinet minister. Yeah, but if you read the book, Willie. That's a positive, not a negative. <laughs> and it wouldn't actually have happened without him as well. And here's some of the statistics. Only 15% of vaccine trials ever work. 
ever uh, work. And the average time to get a vaccine ends about 15 years, uh, with the shortest being four years. Yeah. Now, they did it in record time and got it done. And you will love the book because she had to deal with Whitehall. So, of course, Boris puts her in and backs her, but she's got to work with the Whitehall um, bureaucracy yeah. and how she overcomes it and how she puts a team together and how she manages the risk is a brilliant book and I would recommend it to anybody. And I will get it. But the, the thing that, that you've highlighted here is and where, you know, it's good for Kate. I think that Kate and the minister, you know, Zahawi were the two people who came out of the whole COVID thing with any credit whatsoever because apart from the vaccine rollout, and how very and how quickly they got the drug, and how she convinced the the government to put up the money right for the research, is, is fantastic. It's the only thing of the whole thing that worked. Yeah, right. Billions wasted in track and trace. Billions wasted on PPE. PPE yeah. Billion billions wasted. Time wasted. You no, know, every single thing. So really, the rollout of the vaccine is the only thing that the government can get any plaudits for. We're not going to hear Willie. But I know there's warehouses full of PPE sitting, rotting right yes. now. Yep. But anyway, so I'm trying to look for some good news and I've found good news in the Christmas trading. So I'm an old retailer, Willie, as you know. So the Christmas retailers who did well was Next, run by Lord Wilson. I don't always agree with him, but my God, he, he runs that business well. B&M. Great business run by the Aurora family. I think they may have stepped back now. Greg's did well. Willie, have you been in for your steak bake? Uh, no, I haven't. No, not yet. Primark. And I actually saw that Primark was selling Greg's clothing. Yeah. I couldn't believe that one. Mm -hmm. But um, my son did get a pair of Greg's Crocs for his Christmas. My goodness. Home bargains, Tom. I that in a list. Home bargains. Huge family business. Is it Tom Morris? Yeah, home brother. bargains. Yeah, yeah. fantastic and business. Then you you'll know about this: the little and Aldi taking market share from the big four supermarkets. You know, little and Aldi were up about twenty five percent each mm. over Christmas, and I did read that little had one point three million more customers in the week before Christmas than they had last year. So some people are doing well, Willie. So it's not all bad news. No, it's not. And hopefully in the next segment, Tom, we can talk about more good news. <laughs> the Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, part of the Scottish Procurement Framework for Managed Print Solutions, available to all public sector bodies and charities. Go Radio. There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security, and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs, saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Thomas, we head into the third year of the show now. My, where does time go? Third year? Third year, third My year. My goodness, Willie. And I, and I think that what we really wanted is to re reiterate to the listeners that we're here for you, right? And I think we've tried over the last couple of years to help in some way, whether it be advice or sending people to the right places to get help. 
But we want to make sure that people who tune into the show know what we're all about. Yes. Right? And I think we should try and upward game this year. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to try in the next few weeks to engage with some of the larger organisations and bodies that help business, like the CBI and the Chamber of Commerce, Scottish, I know even Scottish Enterprise, we can approach them. Yep. Um, the Edge, um, Enterprise Scotland, everybody that we can that are, that are, that are out there to try and help business. And what we want to try and do is bring them together, get right. a bit of connectivity. Okay. So we're going to try and arrange something, maybe a wee dinner or something like that, bring them all together, have a wee chat, and see what we can do to get together. And I think the main reason for that is, is that we touched on it, you know, before the break, is that small businesses and SMEs don't get a, a fair deal when it comes to trying to get government contracts. Right. right. And we, and so you we know get, a lot about this, Willie. Well, I'm, I'm heavily involved at the moment in the UK, especially with NHS, and I'm, and I'm talking to the Minister of Justice as well about procurement. And unfortunately, procurement is out there to stop small companies getting contracts. Is it no really? Matter, well, when you read the red tape and all the boxes that you've got to tick, it's very, very tough. Right. And I think that the Scottish government is of the size where it's small enough, but the prize is big enough where they could look at procurement altogether. Now, I don't know whether that's devolved or not and they can change, you know, the, with the framework format to get on the, you know, to get on the list to be a contractor. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think it's something that the Scottish government could look at where they could certainly help small businesses that are trying to get government contracts. Well, I mean, I, I think things like that, Willie, I mean, listen, the, the reason I, I'm involved with the show is simply because I'm passionate about entrepreneurs small business folks in Scotland because I think they're the lifeblood of the Scottish economy. And when there's big change through COVID, whether it be the cost of living crisis, it's entrepreneurs who can see a way through, they can see a positive outcome, they employ people, they pay their taxes, and that's what makes the world go round. And I don't think there's, there's enough positive talk about small businesses and entrepreneurs in Scotland. There's an awful lot of bodies now claiming to support them and I would really like to get them round one table. That's the great thing about Scotland, Willie, is we're small enough that we can get everybody around the table and knock the heads together so that we work together. You know, don't write policy without involving the entrepreneur. You know, do it with business, not to business. I mean, I read this week as well, once again, that Scotland's at a disadvantage in business rates. We are, we've got a worse policy than England in this. That shouldn't be allowed. And the government shouldn't get away with it. And therefore, from a, there, there needs to be strong lobbying in there. We've got an entrepreneur, which we um, lobbied for, um, we need to get Mark Logan on the show, Willie, like, to see what he's doing, because I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Yeah, well, it, there's been very quiet on that front, and I know that, you know, to be fair, you know, Louise McDonald and these guys are probably just still getting their feet under the table, but maybe we can get them on, we can see what the government's, you know, their 10-year plan is, the, the Back to the Nest yeah. initiative, and we and if we can help with that, we're here to help. And I think we're partners, you know, our media partners, the Herald, everyone, everyone is keen to try and help to drive business, and there'll never be a time when it's needed more, I think, this year and next year to try and help people survive 
survive and thrive. So um, for everybody out there that's listening, if we can help in any way at all, any suggestions, let us know. I think we've had some fantastic guests over the last couple of seasons, and I think we've got some lined up again for this year. But if there's anything at all that anybody's out there where we think where we can help or we can get involved, and one of the things we definitely think we can do that is by helping with the government and maybe even helping the government themselves. But I think that, you know, we're going to talk about it next week more, but two weeks ago we were at the Edge final. Yeah. And, and to go and watch budding entrepreneurs at a start-up stage or a scale-up stage really warms your heart. And to listen to some of those stories, you know, I listened to probably about 16 companies, you know, you know, with their pitch. And I thought the enthusiasm and the intellect that was there uh, would definitely give you, you know, you think that there's hope for the future when you see people like this still coming through. And it's up to us, I think, to make sure that we're oiling the wheels of that conveyor belt. Yeah, I mean, The Edge is very close to my heart, run by Evelyn, Brilliant, and Stephen, and the rest of the team there. And you saw it firsthand. You, you saw the entrepreneurs coming up, such diverse businesses, Willie, and just looking for a wee hand up, not a hand out, a wee hand up. And the aftercare The Edge wraps run about these businesses is the real secret sauce there. And we'll talk more about it next week, but Edge is one of the biggest successes. And John Swinney always says, because it did come out of Scottish Enterprise and he knew when to get out the way and hand it over to the Hunter Foundation, the Royal Bank of Scotland, and a wee bit of help from Scottish Enterprise. And I really hope they're still going to help us out. I think, um, just to, to change the mood for a wee moment, one of the, the, the great entrepreneurs within the hospitality industry unfortunately passed away this week, uh, oh. Lisa Hood, um, Harry Hood's daughter, Lisa Wisher. And uh, I'm sure that everyone, I've seen some great testimonies about her. Um, we would want to send our condolences to the family. Lisa was at the heart of running Northern Cine business for many, many years. She'll be greatly missed. What a job she'd done, you know, but from Angels and the Parkville and all the other places, Dale Park. She was well known. She was she was a director of the Ben, the charity for the hospitality industry. Right. And I just want to say to the family that we're, we're thinking about them. Absolutely, okay. Willie. I think also that we'd mentioned that, you know, that we're bringing good guests on. I think that we should see if we can get people who have got great experience with exporting. You know, I've, I know I've talked about my story in the right. past, but I think that one of the things that we've not done is had people in who have got great experience. We've grown a small business. We've had some of the big distillers in, uh -huh. some of the, you know, the guys for the whiskey industry, but I think it would be great to find another small company that are really maybe exporting more than 80% of their product. It would be good if they can come in and help other companies are trying to do that so that's one of the, the things that we want to focus on and we'll get the production team behind us here to, to see who they can find yeah so if you're out there listening to the show and you think ah oh, that's maybe me get in touch with the show we'll get you in Willie will buy you a coffee you might not get a biscuit you might get a Tunnock's tea cake I think we've still got the ones Boyd gave us from about three years ago I hope they're not out of date <laughs> and um, but seriously if you are out there and you think, I've got a good story to tell, get in touch, That we want to support you. We want. I, I think the great thing about the guests who came in in the second half of last year, Willie, was I didn't know them. And these were stories that need to be told 
and thanks to you and the Go Radio business team, the stories were told, and I was inspired by them. Right, Tom, putting you right under the spotlight here. I know that during Christmas and New Year is a time of reflection for you and that you'll be thinking about maybe setting yourself some goals for 2023. (laughs) Is there anything that you've been thinking about that you could share with the listeners? Any goals for you for this year? Well... I know my wife doesn't listen to the show, so I think I'm in safe ground here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what, what what we do now is we, with our foundation and with West Coast Capital, we have our annual reviews. So we're looking back to say, what happened? What did we learn? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? And we're brutally honest about it. And I, I lead from the front in that. And I, I get quite a lot wrong in 2022, Willie, if I'm honest. Um, but I think as a leader, if the leader is being honest and bearing the soul, then the team go, yeah, um, he did make that mistake. And it makes them feel a bit more comfortable. Um because doing what we do in West Coast, it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, and we don't get it right all the time. It's a numbers game, of course, and we need to get it right more than we get it wrong. But we're never going to have a year where we get everything right. Um, and in our, in our foundation, you know, we're, we're very proud of what happened at the Kilt Walk. Um, so, I mean, we've been in charge at the Kilt Walk now for about six years. And... Between the Kilt Walkers and the Hunter Foundation, we've raised about £37 million and that's helped 3,000 different Scottish charities, Willie, and that continues again into 2023. So what what I'm trying to do um, in 2023 is to try not make the mistakes, so learn from my mistakes in 2022, but I want to continue supporting Scottish entrepreneurs, Scottish business. We are, we are. I mean, Blair, Blair Estate down in um, Ayrshire, which we bought during 22, that has been a real eye-opener for me and the people we've managed to get along there. We're, we're helping um, teachers. Now, it's, it's no helping with the teachers' strikes right now, but the feedback from the teachers who come there with Columba 1400, and it's unbelievable. We are starting... Scale Up Scotland 2.0, which I know you're going to be involved in. It starts next week at Blair. We've got Willie Watt from the Scottish National Investment Bank, one of our partners, coming along to speak. We've got some brilliant female entrepreneurs speaking and I'm going to do a wee session as a kick-off. So I really want that to be out there and attracting brilliant speakers and really helping Scottish businesses who want to really grow to 100 million turnover, employ lots of people, pay their tax in Scotland. That's one of my big goals for 2023. So, Wally, you've put the spotlight on me. So, apart from Celtic winning the Champions League, what else is in your wish list for 23? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think maybe that's a, that's, a, that's a dream. That's not my wish list. Right. Um, this is a, a good time of year for me. Because uh, over the last 20 years, during the Christmas and New Year break, I always think about what I'm going to do for the right. following year. I, I reflect on the year before. There's not much you can do about it because it's history, but hopefully I can learn from it. But the, the reason why I like this time of year so much is, is that 
when you come back on the 4th of January, if you've got a plan that you want to lay down, this is the best time in the year from, from now, from the 4th of January to Easter is the longest break you get without any break in business. Is that right? Yes. So after that, you end up with the fair holidays, you know, the two May holidays. Coronation. August, all of that. Yeah, we'll add that in as well. <clears throat> but I think Which that... Which I hear you might be going to, will I? Uh, yes, well, there's a good chance. <laughs> I, I think that for me, reflecting on last year, um, there was some good news, some bad news. You know, we made mistakes. Uh, clients had a, a different outlook on what contracts should look like. But overall, it's going to be a very good year for City, you know, Great. financially. Uh, next year, I think, you know, could be tougher because of all the things that we've mentioned. But what I did was I actually took the time to go through my diary for last year. Great. Every page. And the one thing I realised was, boy, did I waste some amount of time. <laughs> so... And I think I, I also thought I had too many projects right. going on. Not all projects that I'm invested in, um, but I got involved in too many things. So my New Year's um, promise is that I'm going to reduce the amount of things that I'm involved in, but I'm going to focus, focus more than ever. And also I'm going to work harder, right, at being on top of them. Right. Great. So I think that 2023 will be a big, big year for what we'll try to do. And I, uh, and I think, I mean, on focus, obviously, we'll talk about it a wee bit later, but the housing thing for me should be a big thing in 2023. Wow. As we're galloping forward. So you haven't that. given up, Willie? No, I've not given up. I've, I've slowed down. I've, I've, <laughs> not given up. I've certainly not given up. It was an eye-opener for me, Tom, when I looked through my diary, when I thought I was working hard when really I was wasting a lot of time, talking a lot of nonsense and, you know, giving time up for things that I shouldn't be bothering with. So for me, this year is all about focus and it's about narrowing that focus. So I think that's a great tip for anybody listening out there today. I religiously, I still keep a paper diary, believe it's it or not, high. a sports division diary. And um, I've now gone on to an electronic diary, but I run them both, which is not time efficient either. But, but, the one thing as a leader you cannot get any more of is time. Yes. And how you spend your time will dictate the success or failure of what's happening. And I do exactly the same as you. I religiously go through my diary and I'm pretty fanatical about my time and I don't let people steal my time, Willie. Yeah. One of the number one goals for me this year again is to look at senior talent. I've been too removed from, you know, a lot of the people in my business over the last couple of years, and I want to get closer to people. Um, I went to the canteen two weeks ago, and I was having a pie and beans, <laughs> and I was delighted to see that there was over 100 people in the canteen, and I'm ashamed to say, Tom, I hardly knew any of them. Oh, really? Yes. Right? Wow. That's a first for me, so uh, one of the things I'm going to do is get closer to the workforce, especially the people within the head office. That was an eye-opener for me. Uh, in fact, my pine beans get cold. I was looking about that much, right, <laughs> and I wasn't eating. But I, I think that the that family atmosphere, that family culture is really, really important. And I think that by not knowing the people sitting beside you, you cannot be making sure that people know that understand the culture of your business. So I have to get I have to get my finger out. No, and I I, I think just that kind of brings to mind that um, I think we talked about it 
before, and you've been very helpful here, is that my oldest son, Jamie's come into the business, which I never thought would ever happen. And it's been a joy, and I've been sending him out, so he spent time with you, um, which was an eclectic mix of meetings, maybe that, um, but he, he loved it. He spent time with Chris van der Keil, and this year um, he's going to be sitting with some some other interesting entrepreneurs and just trying to get that education. But that's been a that's been a real focus for me as well, is making sure that he gets their proper education, Willie. It's funny, spending that bit of time with Jamie actually um, got me to think about my own son's involvement in the business. Right. Uh, you know, obviously he lives in Geneva, but that's not what you say now with technology today, we can't get him more involved in the business. And he was home for Christmas and New Year and I, I used that time to sit down and have a chat with him about potentially getting involved. His kids are now a wee bit older now, they're you know, at school, so he can do that. So that was uh, that helped me. Right, so that okay. with Jamie actually helped me to think that way, and Kenny's up for it. So um, we're, we're just going to try and work out how that can be. Brilliant. But, and, and I think, you know, one of the main reasons is I want him to understand from day one everything about the housing project. And I would like that, you know, more to be his than mine as we as we go forward. So I'm looking forward to that. So you see that as, a, as perhaps a legacy, Willie? 100%. Right. When I decided to go down this route, that's what it was always going to be. Amazing. This was not about... Well, you know, if you get involved in something where it's not about the profit, right? I mean, it's not a charity, right? No, no. It's, it's not a not-for-profit business. But I think that the, the thing that's wrong with the whole house-building situation is that we talk about it every year and it never gets solved. So what I'm trying to do is take something that, uh, you know, uh, that needs addressed and hopefully what we're trying to do here will go uh, some small way to addressing that. So I'm so pleased that Patrick Harvey didn't put you off, Willie. It would take a bigger man than him, I think. Uh, uh, somebody a lot bigger than Patrick Harvey to, to put me off. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Providing secure archive storage to your business. Go there are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk the Borja you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Tom, we mentioned earlier about housing. Yes. And every year it's a topic. Every year the government set, you know, targets. And to be fair, you know, not just as government, every government, they never meet them. They yeah. never meet them. And and they can't they can't find the answer. Yes. Right? And I think now that the UK government's looking at it, the Scottish government's looking at it, and there's a few initiatives, you know, they help to buy, all of these sort of things. I think, uh, you know, being in a position that we're in, that we are sort of kind of problem solvers. And it'd be great to say, give us one topic, give us one thing, right? Not the NHS, right? <laughs> uh, yep. And to see where we can help and maybe come up with some solutions or put some clever people together that may have the answers. So obviously you're heavily involved in your development, yep. huge development, and I'm obviously doing what I'm doing. So I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, that in your experience, right, and, and I, I think I'm right in saying this was a new experience for you building houses. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we don't actually build the houses, Willie. Right. 
um, along at Winchborough. I mean, I fell into it by mistake. It was a deal gone wrong, Willie. Right. But my goodness, that was 2006. And I've been in it ever since. And um, so we have a joint venture with Cala, which is part of LNG. And there's approximately a thousand acres just outside Edinburgh called Winchborough. And um, it's taken an awful long time to get things done. But I'm, I'm really proud there's been three new schools open in 2022, um, which we are paying for. Um, there's been a 75-acre community park and we had a park run in it last week. Brilliant. First, first time ever there. And um, we've got things like there's a marina being built. Um, so, so we are the master developer. So we sell the ground to the house builders and they sell it on to the customers. So what have I learned about the housing market? Well, it's simple supply and demand, Willie. There is a lot more demand than, than there is supply. And probably that suited a lot of vested interests over the years. You know, the house builders make plenty of money. It's a cyclical business. But and when times are good, they certainly reap it in. And when times are a bit tighter, they just close the doors and um, keep it tight. But um, what do I think could could be done? I think it's the same old story. Um, why don't we get the housing minister on the show? Um, why don't we get round the table with the people who can make the difference? Um, I've met a lot of good people. I mean, Carla has been a great partner for us in this um, Scottish business, which has grown hugely, now part of LNG. Um, but I originally started up in Aberdeen of all places. And um, these are seasoned professionals who know what they're doing. They have the answers. But frankly, nobody in the policy side is listening. You know, we talked about it last year. In the rented sector, the Greens come out with a policy without speaking to anybody in the industry and said there's a, a rent freeze, which on the face of it seemed good news. But it's not actually good news in the long term because if you freeze rents, you choke supply. It's as simple as that. And I'm, I'm on record as saying I know a couple of huge developments that are on ice until these people who allocate capital, who create jobs in Scotland, who pay their taxes, who are not going to build, so they are choking supply until they know what the policy is. Because this is, oh, it's only going to happen for six months. Oh, is it going to get extended? But if you put a rent freeze in, you choke supply and you make the long-term prospects for renters worse. Now, nobody's willing to face up to these, yep. Willie. Yep. And I think we need to get round the table and have an honest conversation. Yeah, An honest conversation, yep. as always. And I would certainly encourage that. The reason why I get involved, I read an article one day where it says that the average household now was paying something like 52% of their monthly income on their house. Wow. Right, whether a mortgage or a rent, whatever. That's not sustainable. No wonder people can't afford to feed their children or keep their, you know, can't heat or eat. They've got to make a decision. So I, the reason why I got involved in it was that, and I think we have to look at the whole structure of development, of building, of rent. I think we can do much, much more 
than Patrick Harvey's idea of a rent freeze. I think we can certainly, you know, there's, there's ways where we can reduce the cost for people without these, you know, barriers to investment, right, which people just don't like it when, they, when the government step in. And I think that this should be a big, big topic for us for this year, and I can't wait. And I'm sure that we'll manage to get someone from the government on to talk because what will make it quite clear, we're here to try and help. We're not here to ever go. Yeah, and frankly, you know, um, I'm in the house building side. That's one of our for-profit, um, although we've never taken a penny out of Winchborough since 2006, yeah. Willie, so it's it's a long-term game. Maybe we should explain to the listeners about why you talk about that's the third school. Um, when you go for a large planning application, right, it was, was 3,000 units, I think, Tom. 3,500. There'll be Section yeah. 75s. That's it. And Section 75s mean is that the amenities that you also have to build so that the community can, can live and thrive. Yes. And that meant that you needed schools, you needed infrastructure, you needed roads, you needed motorway ramps. So there's a motorway... Um, Junction, and I, I had this epiphany at one of the board meetings, Willie, when I looked around the table and I said, has anybody, and there's a lot of experienced people around the table, and I said, is there anybody around this table ever built a motorway junction? And there was no hands went up. And I said, well, I certainly haven't. I sold gutties. I don't know about this. <laughs> 20 million, 20 million pounds later, Willie. Yeah the motorway junction will be handed over in the next few days. Yeah. <laughs> 20 million it cost. So for, for everyone that um, watched this space, we will certainly be on top of trying to make a difference in the housing market. <laughs> We're now going on the phone lines, and the caller today is Chrissy Scott from Beyonder Limited. Chrissy, good morning. Good morning, Tom and Willie. Morning, Chrissy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you both? Oh, we're in the pink, in the pink. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you both also. Chrissy, you've got a couple of questions for us this morning and you're a first caller of 2023, so congratulations on that. <laughs> I hope you won't Absolutely. be our last. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy, what's your questions for myself and Tom? Okay, guys, thank you so much for having me on the call. So Beyond Our Limited specialises in design through to manufacturers of finished textile goods. So as a woman in business, I'm looking for your advice on how do I tackle both the conscious and the unconscious bias that I face day to day in business. Right. So give us a wee example. Okay. Example, uh, one of our economic agencies, um, business is decimated, obviously, through the pandemic. Approached them for some funding support, female-led, multi-manufacturing capability, non-displacement, get knocked back. But a male new entrant community textiles was awarded the funding. They're no longer in business. I've just had a turnover of 200k in the past six months pulling us through. So it's this constant, constantly being judged on being too small, but yet nine years later we're still here while others fall by the wayside. How do I help get that message across that we are worth backing? So the example you just gave us, is that recent? Yeah. Right. Um, was this a government agency that you went for the funding? Of course. Right. Did you go back to them thereafter, obviously, painting this picture? Took it right up to board level, yeah. Right. Your complaint? Yeah. And how did you so, go on? 
Well, by the, by the time that that had been looked at at board level, the money was already spent and there was no longer any support there. So I've pulled this through that one. But how do I make sure that not just myself, but other business owners, particularly women, don't keep falling by this road? So I think, um, Chrissy, first of all, um, Willie and I are probably not qualified to answer this <laughs> because we don't know too much about it. But we've had some brilliant guests on the show. The, the lady who springs to mind was Poonam. Yeah. And maybe we could put you in touch with her about how she has got on building her business and fighting these battles because um, she's a real success and a real powerhouse. And, and I think she would be able to help you better than perhaps Willie or I, or, or, or maybe Willie's got an idea. Well, um, I believe at the moment a lady who I know very well, Anna Stewart, is putting a paper together about okay. this subject, you know, the right. government, female entrepreneurs and how, how they can be helped. And, uh, and Anna will be coming on the show as a guest in the next few weeks. So mm -hmm. um, certainly um, I would, you know, Chrissy, I would certainly high, highlight this to Anna, um, although she's not in a position to go into but at least she can have this in her report. Here's, here's a live example. Yep. But uh, so I would listen up for Anna Stewart being on the show in the next few weeks and see if that can help in any way with us uh, conscious or unconscious bias that there may be. I, I've got to say, in all the deals me and Tom's had with mm -hmm. the, you know, the Entrepreneurial Exchange, with Entrepreneurial Scotland, I haven't seen that. You know, I haven't seen that bias. So, But if it's there, then let's make sure that we get it taken away. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you both. And to the second part of my question was, as well as obviously our social enterprise, uh, we run a charity. How do I get to demonstrate in front of you guys what good we do and how we can look at them. No, the answer is you don't. <laughs> we we made a rule when we first started this programme that one we wouldn't get involved in investing in any companies and we certainly you know wouldn't get involved in anybody's you know other social enterprises. So I'm sorry about that Chrissy but it's a short answer. That's but, all right. Well, listen, the charity is already put a wee note into the Hunter Foundation last year, so... If all right. Well, give, give, give it a wee plug. Give it a wee plug. What's it called? I Tell us about it, Chrissy. So, Beyond and Involve is a charity that's supported by three separate trustees. Me, sorry, Raymond Williamson and Gillian Doherty. I'm sure you all know. We know, mate. Um, we know, mate. Absolutely. And I know Gillian. Absolutely. So, we specialise in bridging some gaps that some young people fall through, particularly through specialist agencies, because there's multiple barriers. So we're pretty much a generalist charity, but we specialise in pathways through education to create life skills and employment pathways. And I know you guys are very passionate about Scotland's talent in that capacity. So I'll pop a wee note again over, happy to reapply and have a wee look, demonstrate what good we do and let you know what we're building for the next phase. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And tell Gillian and me I was asking for them. I'll be sure to do that. Thanks for the All right, Chrissy, Chrissy. Thanks for calling in. Keep in touch. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Helping your business with document management, print and IT solutions.